Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the hello, Stand Up. Hello. <laughs> so, what are we going to talk about today, João? Uh, so today we have an interesting topic. Uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about how freelancers can get new clients, um, and maybe also a little bit about the freelancer problems. I mean. Uh, doing a little bit of research on that because I've been looking for a couple of projects, but um, and yeah, checking Twitter and seeing the problems that freelancers have. Uh, but yeah, some some ideas on uh, how to to get more clients. Yeah, that's the main focus, right? So how to mm. so if you are yeah. a designer, you want to get more clients as like on on a freelance mode, right? How yeah. to how to do that and. How successful but, but, have you been finding clients? Yeah. That's the first yeah, but, question but, I guess but everyone be, needs to hear. <laughs> before before we jump into that, let's just like do uh, like uh, what we've been up to. Maybe uh, just a quick recap. I have a couple right. of things you, that I wanna dis discuss. With you wanted you to do some that I've been some, doing some chat today, right? Yeah, some shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have a couple of things that I've I've done. I've been doing like uh, recently uh, that I'm I'm proud of messing with. <laughs> So basically, I revamped my website. It's it's still not perfect, but it was done with a Tailwind template, uh, with React and Next.js, and you know, designers messing with code. Uh, I messed a little bit with it, but it was fun um, doing it. it. Looks cool. Um, yeah, it's it's using a template, but uh, probably in the future I'll tweak it a little bit. But I quite like the the template approach, and especially because I added a section. Uh, I call it like it's that now approach, what I've been thinking about recently, some ideas, some thoughts. I don't want to make it like a blog, but something that I just add one paragraph of some idea that I had or some thought that I'm currently having and just keep it updated there just for for the sake of, of growth and keep tracking of what I'm doing uh, mm -hmm. with my life. But I think it was, uh, it's, it's cool. Um, it's, like a, it's like a Tumblr. Remember Tumblr? Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like <laughs> that idea, yeah, for sure. Um, I also fixed our website. Uh, <laughs> I saw. Thank you. <laughs> I fixed, All yeah. thanks to yeah. ChatGPT, it's it's yeah. incredible, and I was very, I mean, not yeah. not that I don't believe in your skills, but we were just like a few days before discussing if I can help you do that, and then you just show up and say right, it's done. Yeah, it was crazy. So it, it it was crazy because I I was, well, it's also React and Next.js and that kind of stuff and. I know the basic styling and things like that, but when it starts to put some logic and in the code, and <laughs> I'll get <laughs> lost on it. Um, but yeah, Chat GTP for designers who want to mess with code is amazing, man. I, I just, <laughs> I love it. I've been playing yeah. with it recently, and it's kind of like, wow! It's my personal developer assistant on the side. It's it's great. Yeah, um, you can also try GitHub Copilot. Which is kind of like yeah. that, but more yeah. specialized, yeah. right? I, I've heard of it, but it, it's kind of a paid service, right? I don't know how you need, how much yeah. you need to pay for it. I, I think so. I, I'm not sure. We have it at the company, but uh, yeah. I'm not but sure. For the for the the time that I spent coding, I don't. I'm not sure if it would be like worth <laughs> paying yeah. for for that. I think ChatGDP does the job well. Um, so yeah, fix the website using ChatGDP in a couple of prompts. It was cool. Um, yesterday I built a Chrome extension with ChatGTP that I was also stupid, impressed how easy it was to, to do. And I was <laughs> so happy with it. Just like, 
it wasn't working 100% by default. Um, but if it's you have... much easier to fix it than to start it. Right? Yes, like it's exactly. Game, yeah. e exactly. I was, it was outputting some information, even when it wasn't working, it was outputting some notes and I, okay. I think the manifest JSON needs some tweaking here to pick up an API. So I asked him, do you think you need to update the manifest JSON so this <laughs> works with any kind? Yeah. And he was like replying saying, yes, as a matter of fact, I need to update the manifest JSON. <laughs> and, uh, oh man, that was cool. And after it's a bit annoying that... that it doesn't go straight to the point that gives you the final thing, right? Like you need to kind of... Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. so cool. You still need to have some knowledge, but it was so cool to, yeah, I know what can be wrong. If I'm pointing you in that direction, can you fix it? And yeah, you'll fix yeah, it, yeah. right? <laughs> the ChatGPT will fix it. That's and awesome, it was wor man. it was working. It's still not like um, on a zip file, but I have the code on GitHub. So you need kind of to compress it in the, in the zip file and then install on Chrome and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's working. That's uh, <laughs> right. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It's basically, it's, um, I, I was seeing uh, some kind of, I was seeing um, someone having the issue on Twitter um, about like converting web uh, P image formats into PNGs and JPEGs. I don't know if there's an easy yeah. way to do it or not, but I just, okay, maybe I can do a small Chrome extension when you right click on a web P image, it gives you the option to save as PNG or JPEG. And yeah, it's working. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. It's really yeah. like, I think like, if now we're going to have like a little uh, little segue here talking just about AI, I mean, one thing that recently came to my attention is Casey Neistat. You know Casey Neistat, like the YouTuber? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it. Yeah. I just watched his latest video, which is like titled, it's very uh. clickbaity. This video is made exclusively um, with AI and whatever. But in practice, what he did is he asked ChatGPT to give him a script for a Casey Neistat vlog. So it, yeah, ChatGPT knows who's Casey Neistat and, you know, his style and whatever. Yeah. And gives him the, like, the shot list and the script, like, and he's literally, like, reading from the paper, like, shooting as it's recommended. And in the end, it's kind of like his, his perspective on where this whole thing is going. And his perspective is that, you know, the machine can learn from us and repeat kind of like and do things that kind of on the surface seem um seem to fit kind of like his style and his his way of speaking and whatever but if you pay attention it's actually like a very boring vlog you know it's, mm -hmm. so there's some sort of magic he calls it soul you know that is yeah. very hard that is still like maybe 20 years away you know until it yeah. can really replicate that and i think you know and i was thinking like yesterday then deeply like okay so what is special what do humans have that is so special that AI will not replicate? That makes any sense. And I think it's like, well, on the surface, AI will just repeat things that already exist. So it's our job to create new things. So new mm -hmm. styles, yeah. new approaches to whatever. So in UX design, you can ask an AI to now build um, a complete UX using material UI, you know, but you cannot ask it to invent material UI. It's harder, right? Like. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, that's just on the surface. So eventually, this will be like, if you think about it, like, 
of course, it's it's getting much easier to do that like repeated work of say creating a new design system. Imagine like applied now to our field, but somebody still needs to tell the AI explicitly explicitly in which way this new design system they are creating is different from the existent existing ones, right? So if you want to create something different using AI, you need to be very specific on what you want to be different, right? Otherwise, it will just yeah. replicate what it learned from. Yeah, it's... In other words, well, it's yeah. the same as working in Figma. So you, it's just a different interface, you know? Like, But the work of imagining the new reality that doesn't exist, it's still in our hands, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's still on humans. I don't know how's the future going to be, but right now, yeah, it's still, it's still on that. Um, I also saw something really cool uh, this week. Um, it was from Gary Simon. He's like a designer. Um, and he created an AI-generated movie. I don't think I've shared this with you, um, that it's basically designers fighting front-end developers. So it creates the full narrative of the movie and it creates like the visual assets and the music and everything is AI-generated. And you see, it's a movie. It's a cool mm -hmm. movie in the end. I'll share it with you later. Um, yeah. And I was, I I was really impressed. Yeah. What? Sorry? I, I saw this with podcasts. Yeah. Mm. Which yeah, are, it's so, a bit easier, I guess, to generate the podcast in a whole movie, right? Yeah. yeah, but it was it was so awesome to to see it. I was like, yeah, of course, like the style, you can still see that there are some flaws there, but like the full script, like it's so creative. Uh, like the the developers coming up with divs, and then the visuals actually show divs on like a. Um, a futuristic environment, like elements um, created uh, in there. Um, and then the designers coming up with a grid system and now it translates the grid system into that visual style. Oh man, it was awesome. I need to share this with you later. Yeah. It, it's so it's so cool, man. Yeah, um, but long story short, AI is not taking over. No, it's All not. our jobs yeah. anytime soon, so we need to find jobs. <laughs> And that's our segue into the actual topic of this this podcast, right? So how do you mm -hmm. want to start? I mean, I think one interesting way to start would be like what effective strategies have we personally used in the past to find mm -hmm. design work, uh, freelance work, not design work, freelance work in general. Just not, not things that we think might work or that we heard could work, but stuff that we really used ourselves and that it really works. I can start because I haven't really been freelancing a lot for the past years, but I remember that I was when I was like starting freelance, I didn't do much like brand building or stuff like that. I remember that I was just like updating my Dribbble portfolio <laughs> with uh, with work, and I got a couple of leads uh, from there. Um, I feel that today we need to work more than just update. Uh, the Dribble portfolio and creating assets and stuff like that. Um, there's a more effort involved there. Um, but yeah, my, my experience when I was freelancing was more like about just putting the, the work there. But right now, it's not like that. It's not. Uh, but what, yeah. uh, like, so you, ha you have done freelance work in the past and how do yeah. you find those jobs? That That's the thing. I just, I, most of the jobs were by um, Dribbble leads just dropping on my on my mailbox. So you just posted stuff mm -hmm. on Dribbble and yeah. the, the yeah. thing just kind of like magically... When, when I was doing full-time freelance uh, a couple of years ago, it was uh, it was like that. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, that's, but, I mean. But right now, so um, in the process of trying to get back into some freelance work, <laughs> well, I haven't up- updated a lot of work into Dribble, to be honest. Um, but I also feel that the platform is like a bit... Kind of slowly dying, no? Yeah, slowly <laughs> slowly dying. And I feel that the, the best way right now, uh, at least for as if you want to jump into freelance, is just like trying to grow your audience in like different channels. Um, like what I'm trying to do right now is like more more engagement on, on, on Twitter and stuff like that. Trying to reach out to different creators, different, different people in the industry and stuff like that. Um, so maybe... Uh, I get the chance for people to click on my website and know that I'm open to work <laughs> and maybe that gives me a couple of, of leads. So I think that's interesting. Um, I also have seen a couple of um, designer, f- freelance designers on, on, on Twitter uh, coming up with a couple of ideas like joining communities, like design communities with freelancers or if you're taking a specific course, People in that in that course tend to um, help each other, um, help it, help each other like reach new new audiences, um, and I think that's also really really cool cool idea. But like like I was saying on on Twitter, I saw, I saw, uh, I'm following a guy, and he was saying like um, he created an Instagram ad, ad for thirty five bucks, and that's that's also one idea on the back of my mind. Um, an Instagram ad for thirty five bucks. Um, he picked a super specific niche. It was like the real estate niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got a message in the project for a, a message in, in the same day and in the project for 22K. <laughs> it was awesome. 35, yeah. 35 bucks and he managed yeah, to get it, in the same day. Uh, yeah. Not sure if that's easy to replicate, but yeah. Uh, the the thing I'm not sure if that's easy, but I, I never tried it to be honest. And I might I might try it in few, in the future. Uh, probably I need like a better worked out website and more clear yeah. services and stuff like that. But I might try it in the future because um, the designer that I'm following is not like a a rock star with a huge audience. Is like fairly new. Um, not with huge audience, but starting to share more on Twitter is his, uh, his work and the process and that kind of stuff. But it's, it's kind of like not a lot of reach. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that's a cool option. I, I'm not sure if like focusing on ads is a good strategy, but, well, it, but it's, everything it's is a good strategy if it works, right? Yeah, if it works. Yeah, but it's like one option, right? To try it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are two, two angles that I wanted to to mention. One is like I have hired freelancers in the past, and I wanted to describe a little bit how how my thought process was because I think that helps people who are freelancers to kind of like understand how, how people get hired. And I wanted to also talk a little about how I have sold myself as a freelancer, mm-hmm. which I've, I've done um, on and off for the last, you know, maybe yeah, many five six years. Um. So starting with the latter, so how I have sold myself as a freelancer, I think I've always been kind of like at the intersection of different disciplines, right? So not purely a product designer, not purely just a product manager, kind of like a product manager that designs and and codes, kind of like I was always selling my profile. So I had some trouble sort of selling myself on a very 
transactional way as a designer because I didn't have a very good portfolio, you know, because I mean, if you're a yeah. product manager and you're doing a lot of the design work, but you cannot really claim it's yours, you know, like I had a lot of those problems. And so I ended up always like one strategy that I found and, um, you know, that was very successful, you know, very successful. I mean, I think, I'm not sure, like I, while I was freelancing full time, I was do, the, doing like, I want to say like um, two to three normal freelancer salaries, um, uh, excuse me, two to three normal designer salaries, maybe four even. Um, so I think it was successful in that perspective of finding projects. And, and my strategy was simple. It was like this. I looked at my previous job, which was, for example, I was a product manager at Freeletics, which is a fitness app. And I just sold myself to other fitness apps, right? And I said, okay, I'm the guy that helped build this successful fitness app. So you want to have a successful fitness app, I can help you, right? And I think that's a very valuable strategy. And I've used it then later. Um, I worked then for Scalable Capital, which is a fintech. And I did exactly the same thing. I went to fintechs and say, hey, you know, like I work for this successful fintech. You want to be a successful fintech, hire me. And I think the moral of the story is that there's a lot of noise in the market. There's a lot of freelancers. There's a lot of companies. So in order to get hired, it helps if there is a particular reason for them to hire you and not someone else, right? And maybe that reason is that you have a huge audience and you're a super famous designer, but most of us aren't. So this is one of those reasons, right? If you apply as a freelancer or out do outreach as a freelancer to companies that are in areas um, that are in areas that you have experience on, I think you'll have an edge. And now, okay, so you have a you have an edge if you do it this way. But not to make it more concrete, I think a strategy is to look for companies in that industry that are currently hiring, even if it's not full-time, uh, excuse me, mm -hmm. even if it's not freelance, and then kind of just outreach with a freelance suggestion, proposal, right? Because if you put yourself in their shoes, they need design support. Ideally, somebody that knows that industry, knows that product, you know, it can get started um, quickly, you know, and deliver value quickly, particularly if it's a smaller company. That's also an important yeah, thing. Why, why don't we see like more companies like trying to find out like freelancers, like trying to reach out to find them? Usually it's it's the freelancer going after the, the job, right? That's a good question. I never yeah. saw like, a, I never got a freelance job by seeing mm -hmm. a freelance job posting. Never. Yeah. It was always like, I saw somebody hiring just a normal position and I said, hey, you know, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. I'm a, a good choice for this particular role because I have experience in a similar product and whatnot. Like, so you already get that level of, of respect, right? In that conversation. And then kind of convinced the person to accept freelancing. Because because that, there's kind of a thin line. You can see like like dribble job, freelancer jobs or Upwork and stuff like that. You see a lot of people posing there uh, with projects. But of course, most some of them at least are not like good quality projects itself, like paying by the hour, not really that interesting. Uh, so um, I don't know. Um, I always found out that the dribble freelancer jobs is kind of good, even it's it's beyond the paywall. Um but it's like a cool way to actually match directly with someone who's actively looking for help 
on a specific problem. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. Also, like, uh, I wanted to know, speak a little bit how, how it felt to be hiring freelancers. Mm-hmm. And one no. thing, and I, I definitely use Dribble, um, mm-hmm. because I think when you're looking for freelance support, you usually want for something like, you, you, want, some, you, you want like hands-on support, you know, and you want to know exactly kind of on a very technical and concrete level what this person can do. Right, so it's not it's not usual that you hire somebody um, as a freelancer to kind of like help you with strategy and kind of like develop high level concepts. No, mm-hmm. like usually a freelancer you hire a freelancer because say you need an illustration and you want a very good illustrator, or you need any animation work and you want someone who's good at that, or you want UI work and you want to see exactly what kind of work this person um, has done. So that's like I think from my perspective, I ended up spending a lot of time on Dribble. Just kind of like searching for products similar to the one that I wanted to build or that I was building and trying to see who has good work on that direction. I'm not sure if this is how we met even, John, was it? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think so. I think I reached out to you guys. Yeah, it could be. Like It's (laughs) it's, it's a few years back already. But anyway, this was my my process. And then I, I tried to find like people just doing good work in my opinion, and just reach out to them. So definitely, it's definitely worth to, to post your work. And I don't know, like where the th- places th- to post yeah. work are today. Yeah, I, I think I was just. I think it's it's most dribble, Twitter, stuff like that. That there are so many platforms to post your work right now. It's kind but of Twitter a mess, is, is hard I to find, say. right? Like if I if I'm now looking for a designer, how do I find one on Twitter? Like. I cannot scroll through the feed for five hours until I find yeah, a designer. Yeah, if right? if you if you're following good designers, you'll you'll get some inspiration from their work from Dribble. You need to follow them first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if they're re- if yeah. they're not taking if they're open to work or not. You know, yeah. like it feels like it's not a it's not a hiring platform. You know, it's just it's yeah, yeah, casual. That's, that's true. More for inspiration, casual. Yeah, but it can it can be a hiring platform too. I believe a lot of like relationship starts on Twitter between like mostly bootstrapped companies and stuff like that, of course. But a lot of people start businesses on Twitter from what yeah. I've, I've been seeing. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention about like how to get clients and I feel I kind of mentioned it, but I feel that it's relevant to bring back before you focus on the hiring part. It's like the focusing on a niche. It's something that I haven't been really digging into but i feel that if you try to specialize on a niche like as a designer like on an industry or on a skill uh, i would say both yeah industry and skill wise so for example i I was thinking more as a industry um but if you're like aiming at a a, a specific i don't know like like i said with the, the example for alex it was real estate but if you're trying to focus like more focus on creating more like me as a designer, let's say, solving solutions for the uh, real estate uh, websites or whatever it is, or or products that are, um, and try to sell me more like an expert designer on that specific industry niche, I feel that also brings more value to the freelancers, no? So they can feel more like an expert on that. They are less super focused on solving those specific problems. And I feel it brings more value than trying to do a, a little bit of everything, I would say. Um, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I think so too. It goes a bit in the direction of what I was saying initially, right? Like that it's good to sort of 
leverage your experience in a certain industry to get more work in the same industry because you need to mm-hmm. differentiate yourself that, that's the hardest thing right if somebody is hiring they are going to get like hundreds of applications why you you know that's the question yeah and it's usually why you is yeah it's one of the questions that I have most of the times if when I, I'm thinking of going back like into freelance is like thinking about I would I, how would I sell myself because I'm a strange I feel that I'm a strange designer <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I must yeah because because I I like UI I like UX I also like messing with code uh, I also like to do illustrations. <laughs> Um, I like to mess with a lot of different things like 3D, uh, been playing with Unreal and Blender too. Um, And I I feel that, I don't know, uh, selling myself as a person that um, wants to be creative on different aspects, like different things, uh, it's kind of hard to sell, if you know what I mean. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. It does. It does. I think one comment that I wanted to make uh, there is, I heard. I think it was from Seth Godin. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that, that's my my recalling at least. And it's just like, this is a job, right? This is our profession. So sometimes I think we're lucky to be able to do kind of like something we 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 love and 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 all of that but with the fact that it, it is a profession it also come some obligations and i think one obligation is i need to sell the stuff i'm best at even if that's not what i feel like doing now or the, th- the thing that i mm-hmm. uh, feel like doing in general you know so i i i always ended up for example like you need to if this is your profession and you kind of like you you're taking it with, with with a certain level of um of commitment if your life and maybe your family even depend uh, uh on that i think it's it's your obligation to sort of like put your personal preferences a little bit aside at least and mm-hmm. be very honest on like what are you really good at what can companies yeah. really benefit from um working with you and and, and just sell that yeah, I I th- I think that's one of the reasons why I I uh, I feel that I most sometimes I'm I'm more uh, oriented oriented to work with companies that are like on a on a smaller scale because I feel that on a, on a smaller scale sometimes things companies allow you to do more things different things yeah. than going into like a company with 500 people and just being sure. one one designer there uh, f- just focus on the, i don't know um i always feel that um it's 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 strange um i, I don't <laughs> mm. i always feel that uh, you're like looking, a brother you don't want to yeah. commit too much to just one kind of work right like, i i love i love doing like ui and ux stuff but i also like to experiment with different things and i always feel that do you know that that original um uh sentence for uh, the jack of all trades master of of none mm-hmm. do you know how it ends it's that's not the full sentence it's master of one right like Master of none. Now, Jack of yeah. all trades yeah, yeah. is a master of none. But that's yeah. not how the sentence ends. That's yeah. just the it? F- it ends, but but oftentimes better than a master of one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I find it this curious because most of the times when you see this this quote, it's just the first part, not not the full quote. Um, and I also I I have that mindset that um, if I wanted to start start selling me as a freelance, I feel that I bring more value as a wider scope designer that likes to mess with different things like branding, um, UI, UX product, that kind of stuff. Um, and that's kind of uh, dif- difficult to, to market. But that's a different thing, right? That, that, yeah. that's, a, that's like you, you kind of found out that your sweet spot of you know, providing the most value to whoever hires you is if you are in a company mm-hmm. that needs um, somebody that touches different parts of design, right? Like small yeah. company mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So I think that's that's also like self-awareness in a sense, you know? Um, but I, I wanted to make a, com- a comment on... Mm-hmm. Okay, so sh- are you forbidden um, to explore like other areas that you're not an expert in at uh, um, expert at right now or a master of right now? No, I think that's what side projects are for. You know, so mm-hmm. for example, yeah. mm-hmm. in my case, I don't think I I could or maybe I actually wouldn't want to sell myself as a I know senior macOS developer, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm interested in products and in building products and in Mac apps. So mm-hmm. I just built one on my on my free time. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that yeah. kind of satisfied that, that curiosity to the point of um, maybe I, I realize I, I, I don't want to go deeper into that or, or that I want and eventually I can sell myself. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just like a, it's a tricky subject. Of course, the 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 the, the part time projects, having time for everything, like doing your job, part time projects, side projects, family, all that kind of stuff. It's like it's a mess, man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I always feel that I I um I want to do so many things, and most of the times, <laughs> I feel that most of the ideas just drop in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah. And, and I think everyone like wondering if. They should go into freelancing. Um, it probably helps to to know also some truth about it in the sense that mm-hmm. yes, of course, like um, I think it's if you have some experience, I think it's safe to assume that you'll make more money as a freelancer. Yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah, but also drawbacks, you know, like I think from my perspective, some drawbacks are like the levels of like it's just more demanding because you're constantly kind of mm-hmm. on the spotlight. Whereas if you have a normal job, you know, you, you're allowed to fluctuate a bit more, you know, have phases in which you're more productive and then you maybe you are not feeling as well in your personal life and you're less productive. And that's all fine. Yeah. You know, that's all part of the, but when you sell yourself at a high price, um, then people obviously want output tomorrow, even if you're not feeling yeah. well. And if you don't feeling well, feel well, you just don't get paid. It feels more, more stressful, right? It's more, it can be more um, free from a sense that you can like have a couple of breaks between projects and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, um, but it's definitely more stressful. That's one. Yeah. And the other one is like, you also don't get to, to see the long run of products. Usually yeah, yeah, yeah. you're brought sure. into, mm-hmm. I don't know, help in a particular phase. Maybe it's, you know, the very beginning before the product even gets built or is an, in some sort of relaunch or launching a new feature and you brought in, you do your work, you leave and you never really kind of complete the cycle, you know, the feedback cycle of seeing, okay, did people like it? And yeah. 
anymore. Getting feedback that's... from the users, right, of the live project, that kind of stuff. Usually, you don't get that that you feedback. Get way less, yeah. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's different. I remember doing freelance stuff. It was more most like, uh, okay, here is the brief. Uh, complete this project, deliver the the assets, the mockups, the the system that you have, um, the style guide, whatever it is. Um, and bam, that's that's it. And then you try to reach out later to to see if everything runs smoothly or not. Um, but usually, uh, yeah, that that's that's how how it goes. Um, I don't know if you want to point out. I have a couple of freelancer problems that are here on my list and some things that I feel I just, that I just I, we to, should to talk point about. Out another like another downside, which is like I think, mm-hmm. um, yes, you can work. You, you can make more money if you are working like all the time and trying to fill all your kind of uh, your, your available working days, so to speak. But if you'd like to have freelance work and not explode with stress, like you said, you also need to leave some time between projects. You know, you need to sort of, you cannot be working six days a week or at least five, you know, yeah. or 12 months a year. Um, so in the end, if you kind of start discounting that and say, okay, well, maybe I need to take two or three months off a year, otherwise I go crazy. And I need to, you know, um, yeah, just maybe take some projects that are not as well paid so that I I actually get to work on on things that interest me. Mm -hmm. You know, if you add all those things up, plus taxes, plus, you know, stuff that ends up on your plate, um, like health insurance and whatnot, if you're a freelancer, I think in the end, it's not that clear that you're going to make more money as a freelancer than in a normal job if you want to keep the same level of stress. I think if, you, if you're if concerned with like work-life balance and having a good, um, yeah, just good atmosphere at work and, and, and whatnot, I think working for a good company is probably a better option. It <laughs> is, yeah. There are, yeah. There are so many things that you need to, to track. Yeah, like you said, like the, the invoices, the contracts, the NDAs, the accounting, all that kind of stuff, like the, the healthcare that usually people, uh, freelancers don't have, right? Right. Um, also, you need to find good clients to work with. Uh, that's also a pain. Trying to pick up the best ones, the ones that actually want to talk with you, discuss things, and are not like clients, clients from from hell. Right. Um, so there are a lot of uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think maybe like as a silver lining or kind of like wrap up to this episode, I think. Well, what did we say? If you want to get freelance work maybe on top of your main job or as your main job you should post 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 right share as much as you can like specific artifacts that you've produced with your craft right yeah if you're Mm -hmm. a ui designer post ui like with full detail and like not like kind of like artsy versions of it like the actual thing um actually a, a very actionable tip there is like just share the figma file like um, put embed it on your website, whatever. Show me the actual thing you can do. Um, as a hiring uh, manager, this is what would convince me that you have the skills I'm, I'm looking for. Then we also, that's kind of like what you said, share the work. And then I, I, I said, um, you should try to aim at um, staying within one industry. You agreed with that and reach out to companies that are hiring and try to flip them into hiring a freelancer. That's, um, I think, uh, I think good advice. Um, yeah, so I think if you post enough of your work and you reach out to, to companies to whom you have some sort of leverage, or to whom you are special in some way, um, chances are high that you're going to get projects. But now at the end, we kind of like 
concluded that freelancing is not for for everybody right and if you're doing it just for the money um okay yes it's possible to make more money but if you're looking for just in general um having a good career and and whatnot then you probably should look look in a bit more detail and and really weigh yeah um, for sure and yeah one one of the things that i also want to point out is yeah you you need to have that constant struggle right you need to do the creative work but you also need to keep growing your brand you need to do the outreach the leading management all that kind of stuff so it's a lot of things um to do uh to actually um grow a freelancer business um one of one of the things that i also found found interesting is joining communities like um you have some kind of design interests or something. Join a, a community where other designer or other freelancer designers are trying to um, to build their business. Um, people share a lot of tips, and usually you can share your work there. Um, and if people enjoy your work, they are like super open to to, to give you some leads, give you some some referrals, stuff like that. So um, I think that's also a a good uh, approach um and i think that's that's pretty much it for for this episode yeah um i believe it was a bit a bit shorter one um but um interesting because uh, yeah we've been uh talking a lot about uh freelance opportunities and stuff like that a lot of talk on twitter and and i hope at least it gives some some value to our listeners um so yeah that's that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, let's let's close this up and uh, let's talk uh, next month, right? Yo, let's yeah. talk next month. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, bye bye. Ciao.